0: Uh, I have a friend named Mitch, and Mitch was invited to come out to the Caribbean and spend a week with a friend of his who had a boat who lived on a, a sailboat. And so Mitch came got in and they picked him up and uh, went out to sea, and, and he went downstairs after, you know after you know the greeting and talking and everything, and they, they went off from the dock, and he went downstairs to kind of move into his room, and he was tired from their flight, and so he decided he would just lay down and take a nap. And not long after getting on the boat, uh, the ship jumped. It's not a ship, it's a sailboat. The sailboat jumped and, and leaned over on its side and rolled Mitch out of bed. And he's terrified, and he's like, we're in a storm. What in the world? He's never been on a boat before. He, he gets himself up, and he grabs hold of the rails, and he's terrified of what's about to come next. And he, he goes up the steps, and he sees his friend, Laying with his hands behind his head on the bench. And he says, Who's driving this boat? And his friend looked at him and said, I am. Now, will that comfort you? Uh, Mitch had no idea what sailing is like, and that's actually good sailing if you keel over on the side. And his friend was having a blast, and autopilot was taking care of getting them where they wanted to go. But he didn't know any of that. All he knew was that the person who was said he was driving the boat was laying on a bench with his hands behind his head. That's all he knew. And he was terrified. He wanted to see someone capable, someone paying attention. Someone on the captain's seat. Let me ask you a question. In the last couple of years, have you felt like the world's tilted and jumped? Have you wanted to go running and to see who was behind the wheel? Are you thinking that if there's anyone behind the wheel at all, he's clearly asleep? I think a lot of us think that way feel that way. We wouldn't admit it because we're Christians, but we feel that way. And the apostle John felt that way. All the leaders of the the newborn Christian church had been hunted down, tortured, and killed. He was the last one of the originals, and he was shipped off on this island, uh, a prison island where he was working in the marble quarries, uh, and he was going to be there till he died. And he was frustrated, he was worried, he was anxious. And God knew where he was and knew what he was thinking and he gave him a vision. And what God thought that John needed more than anything else was to see the throne of heaven. And most importantly, see that someone is on it. And I think that's what he wants us for us as well. I think it's very likely that the most important thing that we can see today is that someone is on the throne of heaven. We need to know what is going on in heaven, especially if we are obedient to Jesus and we pray uh, to him regularly, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth. Right, as it is in heaven. If we're we're praying that, don't you at least want to know what you're praying for? What is going on there? What what am I praying to see? And so John gets this vision. He gets to see what what is the future of the earth. When, When God fully and finally answers that prayer and things are on earth as they are in heaven, he sees what it's going to be like. He sees beauty and peace and joy and serenity all because God is on the throne and God and God is saying to us you can experience those things now peace beauty joy serenity because he's on the throne now and if you want to experience that you need to remember start by remembering it and convincing your soul that God is on the throne Please stand as we read this incredible text. Sinclair Ferguson says it's one of the two best texts in the whole Bible. And he knows the Bible. Uh, uh, Revelation chapter 4. By the way, he says Revelation 5 is the other one. So, uh, Revelation 4, beginning with verse 1. Hear the word of the Lord. After this, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven... And the first voice, which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet, said, Come up here, and I'll show you what must take place after this. And at once I was in the Spirit, and behold, a a throne stood in heaven, with one seated on the throne. And he who sat there had the appearance of jasper and carnelian. And around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald. Around the throne there were 24 thrones, and seated on the thrones were 24 elders clothed in white garments with golden crowns on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder, and before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was, as it were, a sea of glass like crystal. And all around the throne, on each side of the throne, there are four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. The first living creature like a lion. The second living creature like an ox. The third living creature with the face of a man. And the fourth living creature like an eagle in flight. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within. And day and night, they never cease to cry, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And by your will they existed and were created. Thus far the reading of God's word. All men are like grass, and all of our glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall. But not God's word. God's word stands forever. You may be seated. Beauty, peace, joy, serenity, all because God is on the throne. All because God is on the throne. And the first thing we need to see here is this vision of heaven. What's going on in heaven? The first thing that, that John sees is a throne. Same throne that, that Isaiah saw when he, when he came into the temple and he was, he was scared because King Uzziah was dead and he didn't know what the next king was going to be like, but it was very unlikely he was going to be as good. And Uzziah had reigned for 40 years and they had been 40 good years for Israel and, and Judah. And, and he felt the turmoil coming in the same way John feels the turmoil coming he knows that the, the tribulation is upon the church and it's no, going to last for a very very long time and he needs comfort and to comfort him God brings him into heaven he, he pulls back the veil remember heaven is not far far away heaven is, is, is all around us it's, it's backstage we can't see it until God pulls back the veil But it's all around us. And God pulls the veil back and says, John, come here. Come up here. See this. And he sees the throne. He sees God enthroned. He's not absentee. He's not asleep at the wheel. He's not pandering for election. He's not fearing getting impeached. He is on the throne and he is going nowhere. He is in comfort surrounded by beauty on the throne now we need to remember that we need to remember that there's a there's a tension in christianity that we're supposed to maintain and most of us are not very good at maintaining it uh there's the there's the closeness the intimacy of god you know that god is father God is as friend, God is as comforter, very near us, knowing our, knowing our feelings and our souls even better than we do, knowing the, the groans of our souls. We don't even, are, aren't even really able to put our prayers into words. We can just groan, and God knows us so well that he interprets those groans. He, he hears them. He knows us. But there's also God far off. There is God on the throne, the king the ruler of all, the creator of everything that is and everything that ever will be, the God who is never changing, who is and was and is to come. And we need both. We've got to maintain both. A a God who's only intimate is, is not powerful enough to actually help. A God who's only far away is powerful, but he doesn't care, he doesn't know. But the true God, the God of heaven, is both. It's both. It was this was the idea. This tension was so beautifully illustrated uh, in the movie The King's Speech. Uh, it was a great little movie. It came out a few years ago, and it's about uh, you know the new king. He's, he's he's put on the throne. His brother uh, I can't remember all the names, and so I'm not going to try. But his brother abdicated the throne, and he was he was made king. And he comes home. He's got two daughters, and he comes home after being made king. And his daughters. Uh, see him walk up the stairs. And uh, the the younger daughter starts to run to him and her older daughter, who's now the queen, grabs her by the arm and says, no, 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 no. And she bows and she says, long live the king. And her her dad says, come here. And she goes and runs into his arms. That's, That's a beautiful picture of what it's like to have a king as Father. We have both the one to whom we bow and the one who says, come, and we run into his arms. That is who is on the throne. And this throne, everything about it is important. It's it's beautiful. There's a a rainbow above it, he says. It's like an emerald, and it was kind of interesting to read the commentaries. I'm going to tell you right now. If you want to understand the book of Revelation, the rule is read one commentary. If you want to be thoroughly confused, read a lot of commentaries. Uh, if you read one, you have a pretty good idea what it's about. Um, but all of them can, kind of—it's just cute how sometimes you get kind of bogged down in the details. And they're like, "What would it be like to be a rainbow that's an emerald?" I don't know. Rainbows aren't green. I don't think he's saying it's green. It's a rainbow. I think he's saying that it's permanent. Like when you see a rainbow, it's—it's it's fading, isn't it? It's always fading, and it's. It's, they don't last. They're, they're temporary. And you wish they would. They, you wish they would last. But this one is permanent. It's got that, that depth, that strength of an emerald. And that's the rainbow above him. It's, it's this promise that's never going anywhere, this promise that he is for his creation, and he's going to maintain it, that he loves it. And there's, there's beauty pouring out of it. There is there is beauty all around it. And that beauty affects us, doesn't it? Beauty affects us if you let it. It reminds us that there is order. There's know, beauty. There's no other word for it. He's the source of all beauty. The uh, other night, Tuesday, uh, Thursday night, we had a meeting here at the church. And we're kind of trying to decide what this new kind of phase the post-pandemic uh, River Oaks is going to look like, and um, some of it's a little bit scary. Uh, for some reason, I'm not as scared as I used to be. Uh, that's weird. We'll figure that out eventually. But, um, you know, we're trying to make some pretty significant decisions, and uh, I, I'll always kind of walk out of those meetings shaking my head, going, is, is this just silly you know, we don't know what's going to happen anyway, is it, I mean, if we'd had this meeting two years ago before the pandemic, it would all have been wasted money and time, and what, you know, I just, I don't know, I don't know anything, and I walk out of those meetings feeling like I know nothing, and I looked up, and I don't know if you saw it, but uh, Thursday night, there was just a sliver of a moon in the west, and Venus was right next to it, and it was just, it just transfixed me, I just could not see anything else and I was, I was mesmerized by the beauty of that and it calmed my soul the Lord is not the Lord of chaos he's the Lord of beauty he's the Lord that out of his this is, keep this in mind keep this, this tension in mind out of his throne comes rumblings and lightning and peals of thunder is there anything more terrifying than that? Have you ever been near a lightning strike? I mean, like, close. I've, back when I was young and dumb, and I would play golf in any situation, um, <laughs> you can interpret that phrase however you want. But I, uh, back when I was young and dumb, I was playing golf in the mountains uh, in, of Georgia, and a storm blew over, and we were all sure that it was gone. And so we went back on our little carts and started playing again. And lightning struck a tree uh, right off to my right where I could see it. And it was so close, the lightning bolt looked red. If you've ever been so close that the lightning bolt looked red, you need to just fall down. And you probably will. And um, it was just terrifying. And the, and the idea that the, this terror, this, this, all these things that we're afraid of, thunder and lightning, it's, it's under his throne. He's in control of that. He reigns over that too. And in front of him is this sea of glass, and that sounds real pretty, right? Uh, again, it's not a sea of glass. It's not glass. It's calm. Right? You know what a glassy waters look like. If you ever water skied on glassy waters, you had to as as good as it gets, it's just calm. Now, we're from Oklahoma, so when we hear the word sea, we think vacation, beauty rest okay that's not what it means in in revelation at all Uh, in revelation the most foreboding fearful text in all of revelation is the last verse of chapter 12 when it says the dragon went to make war on the children of the church and he stood on the shore of the sea and out of the sea comes the great beast, and out of the sea comes the false prophet, and out of the sea comes the prostitute, and they make war on the church. And, and the, the, the sea is always this symbol of evil, and it's chaos, and it's, and it's death, and it's out of control, and it's terrifying, and it's got all these dark things in it. You can't see what's in it. But God can. In front of the throne, It's glass. It's clear as crystal. He sees what's in the sea. That's under his throne as well. And from his perspective, there is serenity. Where we feel chaos, in heaven there is serenity. There is calmness. There is peace. (sighs) Have you been around someone who has that kind of gravitas. It can bring peace out of chaos. When uh, when my kids were little, I mean, real little, Harold was just learning how to walk. Not even. He was still pulling up on things. And uh, so he's, you know, maybe 12, 13 months old. And he starts pulling himself up on his bed. And so he pulls himself up on the sheets and doesn't pull him up. He pulls the sheets down. And uh, when he pulls the sheets down, there's a tape player up there those of you who don't remember tape players ask your parents uh he pulls a tape player down and and he kind of falls and the tape player falls right on the tip of his finger and essentially breaks it off just it looked like somebody took wire pliers and just went and he starts screaming it's his first thing in the morning i'm shaving um and or i'm trying to shave i'm lathering up my face and i hear the crying and hearing crying is not that rare and so i keep shaving and then all of a sudden bianca brings him in there's blood pouring out and i wipe the shaving cream off my face and i'm like well let's put a band-aid on it and you look at it and go no i 'm not doing that let's go to the doctor so i go to his pediatrician and he takes one look at it and goes no you're taking that to the hospital and the hospital we go into the emergency room and the emergency room attendant goes no we're bringing in a surgeon i'm like surgeon nobody wants to touch a baby is the rule here and so I get checked into a room and I'm holding my son and the surgeon comes in and goes yeah you know this would be a two-stitch deal if he were old enough to keep still but I think we're gonna have to put him to sleep and then the anesthesiologist comes in and he's like okay we're gonna put him under general anesthesia for like three minutes no big deal and I said oh I think it's a big deal I mean, I haven't had breakfast yet. This is not the day I thought I was going to have. I still have, you know, shaving cream behind my ears. And I'm like, what is going on here? I said, it's a very big deal. And, you know, he brings this piece of paper to me that I have to sign that very clearly says in writing that my son might not wake up. I need you to sign this. I'm like, I can sign that. Have you ever put a child to sleep before? Yeah, we do it all the time. You never put my child to sleep before. And he looked at me and he said, I have two children of my own. I will treat him like my own child. And the, the gravity of his, of his bearing, his person, and, and his expertise brought me comfort. That's, that's God on the throne. Infinitely more than that. In our worst, most chaotic times, we can get a vision of that throne remember that that the hand that is on the wheel loves us he brings peace he brings tranquility to the very worst moments do you need that? is that the vision you need this morning? it's interesting isn't it When, when Isaiah has the vision of, of the Lord on the throne and the, the, the seraphim begin to worship him. It immediately, the the, the uh, temple immediately fills with smoke. He's not even allowed to see who's on the throne. But here is John, and he gets this clear vision because, because God's holiness no longer is, is a terror to us. It's no longer a mystery to us. We've seen his son, and we have seen his son come and take away our sin. There's no, no fear keeping us away. John is invited in. If you need this vision, if you need to, to remember this, if you need this, this visitation of peace, then, then you get it the same way that John got it. The Son of Man invited him in. There's just places you can go if you're, if you're friends with the right people. Um there's just places you can go if you're friends with the right people. I always thought it would just be amazing to be, you know, a kid in, in some Washington, D.C. school and have the president's children for friends. Wouldn't that be amazing? And not you just see yourself, like, going into the White House residency and seeing, you know, George Bush up on the couch with his shoes off and his sock feet, like watching the Rangers play baseball? Be crazy! It would just be like this surreal experience to think that the president has sock feet. Um, socks on his feet, not socks for feet. If you if you know the Son, you have access to the Father. Do you do you know the Son? If you don't, I would love to introduce you to him. If you don't understand how the son's sacrifice has taken away everything that we need to fear, taken away all that smoke and terror. No longer do we have to fall on our faces saying, woe is me, I am undone, I'm a man of unclean lips. Because Christ has made us clean. His sacrifice has made us pure. In him we are new creations and we can go into this throne room whenever we want. All we have to do is open uh, Revelation chapter 4 and ask God to bring us there. And and I have to, we we need to not only meditate on that and feed our souls on that, we have to remind ourselves of that. I I love that song, Call Him Good, My Soul. It's talking, he's talking to himself. Right? Do you ever talk to yourself? Do you ever say, Soul? You need to stop living like you're only going to be safe if you control everything in this world. You're not that smart. Bill asked me how my kids were doing in college. And, you know, they're not making all the decisions I would make. And one thing I know for sure is this. I don't get to make those decisions. I can't control it. God's on the throne. He's bringing beauty out of chaos. And I can know that. And I have to tell my soul that. I have to stop trying to control everything. Stop trying to conform everything to my will. And that's that's a hard thing. Y'all know me well enough to know that's not easy. I don't say that like, hey, y'all need to be more like me. You don't. Last spring, I had a sore throat for like, I don't know, two months. Three, there was two springs ago, actually. It was back when there was this disease going around we were all scared of. And um, so I called up a friend. I said, you think, could this be a symptom? He goes, no. I'm like, well, why I have I had a sore throat for two months? And he said, well, you know that feeling you get when you're trying to fight off crying and you get choked up and your throat gets scratchy? He said, I've seen a ton of patients who are just living with that feeling. That was me. My anxiety was affecting my body. I didn't need throat lozenges. I needed a vision of God on the throne. Maybe that's what you need too. Maybe maybe we all need to stop looking for something that we can control, right? I can control taking medicine. We need to remind ourselves that God is on the throne. And maybe we need to stop acting like we're uncared-for orphans on the streets, getting blown around, begging for for bread. Maybe we need to remind ourselves that we are princes and princesses, children of the king, who bow but also run into his arms. Maybe we need to remind ourselves to start acting that way. Maybe we need to act like we're right there. That would be a good idea, wouldn't it? Let's, well, maybe we should just practice it. Maybe we should would we'll do what the people there are doing. What, what's going on? You have these four terrifying sounding creatures, but they're the representatives of all the earth, right? You have the king of birds, an eagle. You have the king of the wild beast, the lion. You have the king of the domesticated beast, the ox. And you have The human who's supposed to be over it all is representative of all creation, doing what all creation does. Everything except the man, right? What does all creation do? Psalm 19, day after day, night after night, the heavens pour forth speech, worshiping the Lord, glorifying God. And that, that's what's going on here. And some people read this text a little too literally. And they're like, you mean when we go to heaven, all we're going to do is say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty from who is and was and is to come. He they, they says they never stop doing that. Is that what? No. You're, wouldn't I get tired of saying that over and over again? Yeah, sort of. I mean, do you ever get tired of hearing your mom say that she loves you? Do you ever get tired of, of telling your wife that she's the love of your life? If you do, you better not admit that one. Uh, but even, you know, silly things we don't get tired of, right? I mean, do you ever get tired of yelling boomer sooner? I went to the Oklahoma State game. It was the first time. I've been to two games, and this was, and they're very far apart. And all of a sudden, somebody started yelling Orange. And everybody started responding, power! And I couldn't help but laugh. I was just thinking, you know, their colors are orange, black, and white. I'm glad they picked orange. Because if they were yelling black power or white power, that's going to be problematic. So at least they got that one right. But everybody just knew what to yell magically. Magically. In the same way, everybody in heaven knows what to yell. I need y'all to know this. This is the fight cheer, right? If you went to Ole Miss and somebody yelled, are you ready? You would know how to respond with a just dreadful, terrible cheer that no one ever should say. But if you're in heaven and somebody says, holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty, you're all going to say. You're going to say it a lot better than that, though. Ready? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Better than that. The holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. What is, There's two or three people still not doing it. I'm not going to stop until I see all those lips moving. Everybody, that means you. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Is, now, you think you're going to get tired of that? You're not going to get tired of that, but you won't, you won't be saying it all the time. It's figurative like everything else in Revelation. But that's that's what those trees out there are screaming right now. That's what those birds are saying right now. When when you walk up on a, a possum in your yard and he looks at you and hisses, you know why he's hissing? Because you're not saying it. And he knows what you're supposed to be saying. And he's wondering why you're not. We're the only creatures in God's creation that don't sing that out 24 hours a day and whatever we're doing. And when we do, when we, when we join our souls together with the creatures in heaven, we begin to experience what the creatures in heaven experience. The peace. The beauty. The tranquility. That Christ has brought us, clearing out the smoke, and lets us enjoy. Please pray with me. Our Father in heaven, how we long to see that crystal sea, how we long to see those waters that are churning around us, frightening us and exhausting us, how we long to see them go calm and clear. And we will trust that that is what they are for you. And we come to Jesus fresh and new. And we give ourselves to Him knowing that He cares for us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.